0: Welcome everyone to the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology-related matters and much more besides. I'm Michael Ronan and today I'm joined by HSO Solution Architect and Smart Maintenance Expert, Bob Perry. Today's podcast is about smart maintenance, what problems it helps solve, and the benefits organizations gain before investing in it. And when it comes to investment, what are the things you need to think about when putting your case together? And being a simple fellow, I really wanted to get down to the beginning and find out what smart maintenance is at its heart. So grab a brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
1: Tea or coffee? Tea. Tea, a tea drinker. How'd you have it? I've never drank coffee. You're
0: not? You're an American?
1: No. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> How'd you have a tea? Uh, lots of sugar. I'm from Texas. You're a sweet
0: guy. <laughs> Tomato or tomato? Tomato. <laughs> PC or Mac? PC. Deferred maintenance or smart maintenance? Smart maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Did <laughs> to go with that one. So, um, Bob, tell me a little bit about smart maintenance. Can you just give me an overview? What is it? What is smart
1: maintenance? Yeah, sure. Smart maintenance is the next step in the evolution of maintenance for uh, assets. But in assets within the company, the four walls of a manufacturer, or assets that are leased or, or rented. And the key initiative behind smart maintenance is understanding before things break. Uh, and the key to understanding before things break is to measure stuff. So okay. with the the new advantages in IoT and technologies, network technologies and things, we're now able to measure things like vibrations, temperatures, uh, flow through pipes, things like this, at a much better granularity than we've ever been able to do. We're
0: yeah. talking about power, we're talking things like generators and and the things yeah. that are driving, I don't know, as you said, the pipe work going through buildings or whatever it is, yep. those types of things, aren't we? Is that what we you talked about IoT and the devices, I guess what they're doing is they're taking information from the assets and they're saying, I don't know, it's telling a database, I don't know how you explain how that works. It's telling something somewhere that how the um, asset is working, whether there's an issue with the right. asset, whether it needs servicing, whether there's something wrong, correct. is that kind of the nuts and bolts of exactly it? Exactly
1: correct, exactly correct. So for example, we take your um, the engine that you referred to, yeah. uh, several things to do with engines. Uh, one is RPM, right? Uh, second is the temperature of your radiator. Okay. Uh, third is temperature of your transmission or oil. So if I just measure those four things, uh, RPMs, uh, water temperature, oil, transmission temperature, oil engine temperature, I can see what the engine is doing at any point in time. Uh, and because nowadays, um, 5G, 4G, LTE, the network coverage is so vast, there are really very, very few areas in the world that people use engines that aren't covered by networks somehow, some way or form. And what that does is that means that we can have uh, real-time or near real-time telemetry. And there's the, for smart maintenance, here's where the benefit versus the cost comes in. If okay. I have near real time, that means maybe I collect it, you know, every 15 minutes or every hour on the hour. Right. So at most I have 24 points of reference. But in real time, I could have 24000 points of reference. Right. It just depends on the frequency, the database I'm putting it in, how I want to measure it. Um, the meantime between failures is what I'm trying to calculate. And yeah. so. Different companies like uh, Rolls-Royce puts uh, IOTs on all of their jet engines and it's real-time data. Right? Okay. But um, a company like oil and gas may only say, okay, I only need every hour on the hour the flow of a major pipeline. So it depends on the industry that you're in. Yeah. depends on the industry, it depends on the asset. Correct. Okay. And what
0: happens with uh, the information? So um, where is this information going and how is it
1: managed? So the information typically has gone to a data lake um, and depends on again, you know, how often do you ping and the type of asset you're looking at. Uh, It's gonna be a very, very massive database. So one of the things that you're gonna need is AI to sort through all of this massive amount of information to only look at the things that are concerning you. That means if everything's going well, no need to have anything. But if things are going sideways, uh, how fast are they going sideways? AI and uh, through the use of a power bi uh, platform or power app will be able to sort through that massive amount of data uh, very, very quickly and then show you where are the points. So if you're an engine and you have you know like Mercedes Benz, you have you know millions of cars on the road at any point in time. I only really want to look at those three thousand cars that have potential issues.
0: What benefit does that have? I can imagine the benefit is that you're um, before something breaks, before there is extreme cost. If you haven't to right. replace an entire asset, you're effectively fixing it before the problem kills
1: the thing and costs yep. you a lot of money. Is that essentially what it's about? Exactly, and 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 there's two different ways of looking at it. Which you, to your point, first is if I'm a manufacturer, right, and I have a production line, I want to make sure that if I'm on a critical line. Uh, let's say I'm I'm making COVID mm-hmm. uh, uh, vials for the COVID antivirus that everyone's getting uh, the shots for yeah. these days, right? Um, if I have a machine that goes down, all of a sudden everything stops, and my million ampules per day becomes you know that ten thousand that started the run, and then I'm I'm dead until I get that machine up and running again. Um, think of it again as other machines. I'm in a hospital, and I'm on a heart monitor, and I have an IoT device that regulate that, uh, that looks at the uh, energy that the machine is taking, yeah. and all of a sudden I see it not taking any energy because something blew up. Well, that patient could die from that, right, because I'm not monitoring them. It can be life or death. It can be very serious uh, implications, like in the COVID, you know, uh, viral production. Yeah. It could also be something you know that we take for granted too often, like for example, uh, the pipeline for oil and gas. I mean, you saw in the U.S. the you know about a month ago where they had a hack that went on and shut down the pipeline. Well, let's pretend that wasn't a hack. Let's pretend it was a valve yeah. that got stuck in the closed position, right? Well, you saw what a couple hours of disruption happened to the U.S. on the East Southeast Coast for that oil pipeline. Now, just imagine that you're a refinery and one of your major uh, pieces of machinery that is in the refining apparatus breaks. What's the implication of that? Well, oil prices start to go up because your capacity yeah. went down. The sales of gasoline goes way up because now the demand. There's no supply for that demand. So, you know, that price goes up. So it's an all-reaching. The other thing though, that's the bad side of it. Yeah. The other side of it is quality. So if you look at someone like Rolls-Royce or Mercedes-Benz, their number one point in life is high quality. Right. So they're willing to invest the money to make sure that the quality of their machinery, the quality of their offering is always top-notch. Yeah. And by doing that, they are capturing a market share that wouldn't normally be there because people see that they take quality as a serious thing. So while the cost of the solution may be detrimental to the margin, the fact that I'm now viewed as a high-quality company gives me more sales. Long-term value. Long-term value, exactly.
0: That okay. All these examples you've given, sound, they make it sound like you should do it like it's an obvious thing if you're a manufacturer for example a field service organization you should be investing in smart maintenance seems like a um yeah. an obvious thing to do but what is the challenge then for organizations to just go yeah that's what i'm going to do what what's the challenge what holds them back
1: uh, it's cost it's cost and capability so like everything everything comes out of cost so you have to look at that cost versus your margins You have to look at that cost versus your market share you have to look at that cost versus what do you have the ability to do so for example uh take oil pipeline you have tens of thousands of miles of pipeline if i want to put an iot device on every single mile or even 10 mile stretch of pipeline think about the uh, the resource that's required to do that how many people you need to do that right so I think one of the big problems um, for companies to move to smart maintenance is cost justification. Yeah, right. And the second is the manpower it is required to implement those kind of solutions.
0: If if you had a piece of advice and for an organization that might be looking at smart maintenance, they're thinking about it, is thinking, okay, I know there's expense, but there's long term value. Where might they start? Well, where should they start
1: the conversation with the the, the purse string holders? I think the first thing to do is forget the past. Too many people are hung up on the past, you know, for example, an automobile uh, manufacturer, they're going to start smart maintenance. Yeah, okay, you didn't have it before. Forget it. Don't don't try to fix what's done in the past. Focus on the future. And by focusing on the future, now focus on the things that are really going to differentiate you with the competition. Uh, I think that's really one of the key, key, key components, because if you're in a very competitive uh, environment, let's say PC manufacturing, right? Margins are single digit, low single digit margins, right? Um, If I introduce something that says, oh, every time I have a blue screen, you know, the screen of death, uh, I'm going to notify the vendor, uh, whether it's Dell or Microsoft or Apple or whoever, I'm going to notify the vendor that, this particular pc had a problem and you need to take care of it well that may be great but think about the millions of pcs yeah. that have to have that device on them right so there's a, a, a diminishing returns for things and i think that one of the things that people who want to do smart maintenance they get caught up in the weeds an awful lot so sometimes you need to have somebody who doesn't have a background in your product somebody who has a, you know, uh, an unbiased opinion of what's going on, to bounce ideas off of.
0: If an asset you rely on to run your business breaks down, you've got to locate that asset, send workers out to reach it, find the fault, and then work out whether you can repair it or if it needs replacing. All of this takes time. Meanwhile, that asset is down and you're losing money. Smart Maintenance allows you to identify issues and faults, locate the problem, and then repair it before they can bring down your equipment. And this saves you money in kit replacement and in loss of production. Bob provided some great examples there of the types of scenarios where Smart Maintenance can add value, and some tips on how to decide whether it's right for your business, all of which I hope were useful for you. On that note, thanks for listening. Do continue to check out www.hso.com forward slash dynamics hyphen matters for more great episodes.